Well, hello, good morning. It's Denise. Well, good morning. Good morning. And my guest just said good morning back. I'm very excited. It's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Now, this is the story of life, the big circles of life. Our guest today is Stella Fong. Now, I need, I just said this to Stella and she and I can't believe it ourselves. I know Stella from IACP, which I always say, I say that in a lot of podcasts because that was my network when I was, you know, in the business. Now, but Stella and I, little known to many people, were originally met each other in a group called the Southern California Culinary Guild. And if we, all those people are dead though, so I can really say whatever I want. Most of them, Stella, come on, you and I were like teenagers when we were- Or Terry was in that group. He's still alive and kicking. Okay, good. That's a good way to- I'm just playing Phyllis Carey. Oh yes, that's true. God, I haven't heard some of these names and I haven't seen some of these women in years. But anyway, Stella and I knew each other there. So I, you know, when I'm on Facebook where I get all my information from, I see that Stella has a recent new cookbook. And I looked at it, Stella, and it's so beautiful and congratulations. And that's why when I asked you if you could come be a guest, I wanted to, one, talk to you, and two, talk about your move to Montana from Southern California and how you created a, a, an entirely new career for yourself. You did. Well, you know, first of all, being in Montana has been a super privilege. You know, it's one of those that, you know, before we even moved here, we had been here like 30 times. So it wasn't like I did it cold turkey. And, uh, you know, we came here and I will admit a man brought me here. You know, that those husbands that drag you to places. And you know, when we were first moving here, a lot of people didn't even know where Montana was. You know, it's like it's over there by Canada, isn't it? But we moved here 20 plus years ago. I and I have loved it. It has been a community that I think uh, embraces having you know, people come, you know, I felt very welcomed in this community. And it was a community that allowed me to actually look deeper into it. Because when I first moved here, Billings, Montana was very modest. And I think it continues to be. Uh, one of my first examples was there's a wine fest that goes takes place here that raises money for the university. It is a six day event. And when I first encountered this, people would say, oh, well, we have this little small wine fest. And I'm thinking, holy cow, it's six days and there's cooking <laughs> classes and there's seminars. And of course, you know, the final fundraising night and grazing all that. So there's a certain modesty here and a certain friendliness that I found that I didn't find as warming as being in California. I mean I think I've been, you aren't going to believe this. I've been to Billings, Montana. When were you here? I was here, but it was a while ago. And you know what? Had I thought of it, Stella, I would have reached out to you. This was the reason. I have a big chill weekend every year, not during COVID, but five girls, we all went to high school in seventh and eighth grade together. I mean, these are childhood friends. One of them bought a second home in Montana outside of Bozeman, Billings, you know. And so we went 
for the I went for the weekend and she drove us around and I you know I saw art stores and great food and I thought to myself oh my god do you know what I mean this is this is fabulous but she sold that house so I've never been back well she's we'll have to have you back but I, that's exactly. But I got this. I know, and which is the name I know of one of your your latest your cookbook. And you have to say it again, Sal. It is the land of big blue sky. I saw it. Do you know what I mean? And we drove to different places. It was magnificent. I mean, it's magnificent. Well, it, was it, it really twenty years ago that you moved there? Yes, it's twenty plus years that I moved here. That it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. Yeah, but it, it again been just really wonderful because I've been able to discover and I also hope share some of the yeah. stories of the people here. And I, I did say some modesty, you know, um, I think especially here in Billings, people don't want to like show off their foods, you know, as much, you know, there's a certain way of, of eating, you know, it's not the same as Costo food. You know, it's not New York, it's not California, yes. but there is a style here and a, a modesty here. And what I love, and during this COVID, is I think really my city is discovering what it really, really has. Our food hub has taken off. You know, all of a sudden we find that local is a good thing, even though it's been popular on both coasts. Um, and it's probably more popular in Bozeman and Missoula, you know, those towns have always been a little bit more cutting edge than Billings. Um, well, they have the university too, don't they? Don't yeah, they, they do. Have... And when you have a university here, we have Rocky Mountain College and Montana State University Billings, but Rocky Mountain may bring in uh, students from around the world. Uh, the university, Montana State University is probably more of a commuter school. Um, and it really is just, you know, up the street from me, both are. But both Bozeman and Missoula have the bigger colleges. So again, brings in more of the outside influence. Yes. Yeah. Billings is definitely more of a working town. It has a hospital, there's ranchers, there's oil, um, there's a sugar beet factory. So it's a little bit more of a working town. But the local food, I'm sure, oh, that was the other thing, Stella. I had boasted on Facebook my bag of caramels, of these soft sea salt caramels that I bought. And you know, when I put them in my cart, I knew I was going to regret it, but I'm so glad that I bought them. And you said, oh yeah, that she's local. I mean, I'm sure the local food, by the way, there's some of the, I'm a, I know a lot about caramels, okay? Uh, I have spent a lot of time. It, eating caramels in my life. Those are some of the best I've ever tasted. It's flawless. It's soft. It's sweet. It, she adds the sea salt. I mean, come on. No, they're absolutely, absolutely delicious. And I, I believe that Robin Bacay has uh, sold her business, you know, just recently. But, you know, when she, and this is just to me so Montana, when she first started, she started out in a very small space and she made these caramels and will take them to the local stores and just kind of hand them out so people can taste them. And then she went to the big fancy food show and you know only had so many flavors and kind of would just spread them out over the table. So it looked like she had a lot of um, candies, but you know she started being recognized for the caramels and 
she was just kind of relentless and worked really hard. And so to know that there are businesses like that and there are people like that that believe uh, that their product is good and carry it forth is really inspiring. Oh, my God. And you know what, Stella, as women beyond a certain age, here's my thing that I say to certain women. One, which is, if there was ever a time to write a cookbook, now I'm not saying you're gonna get an agent or a cookbook deal, you know, I say to people, but if there was ever a time to write a book and you are of a certain age and you're not working every day, you know, out of the home, this is it. Do you know what I mean? Or if there was ever a time, if you wanted to, I've had friends that said to me, oh, I always wanted to go into catering, but now I'm too old. I said, well, yeah, for the 24 hour days and 7,000 people at dinner, do you know what I mean? Or, but you're not too old for the six person perfect dinner party. Do you know what I mean? I'm not talking during COVID. I'm talking when we're not in COVID. If you always wanted to cook and do beautiful dinner parties, when you're older, now's the time. You can control all the features, all the factors. Do you know what I mean? You can just produce, or cupcakes, if you always wanted to sell cupcakes. And I mean, this is now the time. So your friend who made the caramels, I'm thrilled for her, she sold her business. But the fact that she did it and was unrelenting and nothing but success, that's incredible. Yeah, no, it, I really applaud her. But you know, when you talk about, okay, Denise, what is the certain age? You know, I, I'm gonna say I right now, um, I host Flavors in the Big Sky. Yes. Celebrating Bad to the Region for Yellowstone Public Radio. And it projects to, you know, most of Montana and a little bit into Wyoming. And Montana is a big state. Yeah. Well, I went in and signed my employment papers about two months before I turned 60. So, you know, is that the certain age? And I, I remember walking in and saying, this is really bizarre. I am now filling out all the tax forms and everything to, to actually have a part-time job. But I agree with you. You know, it's like there, there's a certain, uh, you know, if you just kind of believe it, 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 it happens. For me, I wish it happened maybe 20 years ago a little bit, but um, this was the right time. It wouldn't have been right 20 years ago. Now, see, this is the thing, Stella. When we're young, it can't happen fast enough, I think. Do you know what I mean? I just, and things happen and that opportunity might pass. I know in my life and I thought, oh, that opportunity will never come again. Well, you know what I found out? That's not true. Maybe the opportunity is coming in another form. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe I'm better equipped for it now. So I think the fact that you were 60 and all of a sudden getting a radio show is fantastic. You know, because I, I feel you know, blessed, you know? Blessed! <laughs> and, yeah, okay, so we're going to step back to that cookbook. Okay. I do believe, and I agree with you 150% that anybody who wants to pursue a cookbook, this really is a good time. There's so many different avenues. I mean, I did have Arcadia Publishing publish this book. So, you know, it, it is, a, I would say, an official publishing company. But, you know, with all the Amazon publishings and, you know, all the self-publishing tools that are out there, I think if you have the wherewithal, it can be done. It's just doing it. You know, now, Stella, we know all writing is, is actually sitting down and doing it. 
Okay, I love it. I buy every or download off people's things uh, off other sites. Make a writing space, make it a sanctuary, have hours every day. You know, I read out, have the right pencil. I mean, people say, make sure you're rested. Oh, for God's sakes. All I know is I can do every one of those things and buy every book on how to write you know, a novel or whatever. And unless I put my ass in my seat, I'm not gonna do it. But, but what you just said, if you've always had, you know, and also, so look at the people that, you know, you remember Judy Bart Canticore, who wrote her family's Jewish recipes and Workman picked it up and that book is still in print. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so she put a novel, a book, excuse me, a cookbook together for her family and went on to sell become a, a bestseller. So I think the negative, I think sometimes, and this is just an, our dear friend, Pat Greenberg, who uh, has been a guest several times. We're conditioned by our society to think as we age that we're not going to accomplish anymore. Do you know what I mean? And I don't even, the messages are so subliminal. You know, it's just that, and I've had girlfriends that said to me, well, haven't you accomplished enough? And I, and I think, no, I well, <laughs> does that mean I shouldn't still want to do something else? I mean, what am I, I'm 69 years old. I am not dead yet. I still have a decade here and I'd like to enjoy myself. Do you know what I mean? So I think Stella, that the, the lesson and certainly the lesson in learning is you just, you have to do it when it comes to you or you can pursue things and just accomplish them because it feels good to you. Well, and I think that, you know, as we age, I feel like we might not be as hard on ourselves, you know, and maybe when we were younger, we were striving for perfection or, you know, maybe there was fear, you know, we didn't want to step out of our comfort zone and we didn't want to move past that. Um, but, you know, now, and part of it is getting older is that we're, we're kind of running a little out of time, you know, they're not, not, you know, but, you know, um, it, 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 we want to seize the opportunity to actually just do this. You know, the cookbook itself, between uh, soliciting the editor, I solicited the editor and basically I thought, okay, I'm going to send in this proposal and it's going to okay. take several weeks or months to actually get, you know, get the approval or non-approval, you know, get news of it. It actually took place in three days. Wow. So I got the approval and then I had to jump on it. So the project itself actually only took a little over a year to actually complete. So a year and a half. So, you know, we may have that luxury of doing that Jewish cookbook for workmen because I look at workmen and those are encyclopedias. This yes. was the opportunity that came for me. Um, and maybe there are other projects I would like to pursue more in depth but this was enough to actually give me a tasting of what it entailed to actually put this together. Well, it has 80 recipes and beautiful photography. I know that. Yes, it does. And it's, you know, divided, you know, I, I had a chance to do Stella's Montana. So a lot of the recipes that came from, you know, my dad's kitchen, he was the cook. He was the youngest of 11 children. So he got oh. to hang out with his mother and he was the one that would come in home and make, you know, press duck in the oven, or he would, you know, do all the kind of specialty items. And then his sister, um, Auntie White Duck, would always make the dumplings and do, you know, those special items. My mother was more of the everyday cook. You know, she 
didn't cook as well and didn't learn how to cook really until she got married. So, um, you know, so that's like my first section, kind of an homage to my dad and um, uh, honoring of the foods I grew up with. And the fun part about that is that a lot of those flavors and a lot of those cooking techniques kind of easily eased into my cooking what was available here. So the game, you know, when my husband did start hunting and he went out and did bird hunting, that's really the extent of his hunting really. Um, and, you know, uh, I had friends that had elk and they would, you know, bring home the harvest. I mean, again, you know, being in Montana, talking about what you had harvested going hunting or what you had collected kind of becomes a conversation, you know? Oh, yes. My father was a duck hunter. Okay. And he went to Montana once, you know, he, he his business was doing well. And this is, I was still a teenager, but he went to Montana to shoot an elk. And did he get one? Yes. But here was the thing. And it was, I mean, the trip was like 10 days and the, the woman in the mess camp, he would come home and said, it's the best food I've ever eaten, which really pissed my mother off. But he got an elk. And now see, my father had been a butcher still all his life. So he dressed that animal right on the hill. Do you know what I mean? And they wrapped it nice and he brought home, he gave some of course to everybody on the thing, but he brought home elk and we ate it. And as children, I remember thinking, God, I wish he'd take up golf. Do you know what I mean? Because I didn't want to eat elk anymore. But after he did it, I just share this. He's, so we then said, okay, dad, you know, you're gonna do that again. He said, you know, Denise, he said, I killed that elk. And I'd always thought I wanted to do it. And then he said, it was kind of like shooting a cow because it was just this beautiful big creature in the forest. And he said, and it didn't go home to his wife that night. I felt bad. And after that, okay. I, 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 but I get that because I've lived in various parts of the country for a month or two, Stella, where deer, venison, elk, you know, boar, that's how wonderful. You eat what you shoot. How wonderful. Yeah, and it, it really is great because it's that whole kind of complete full circle type of thing um, here, you know, that people do seek what's out there and enjoy it on their table, you know, and share. Was it. your family from Montana, Stella? No, my family is not from Montana. Moving to Montana was, a, like I said, I think almost like a foreign country. So the reason we came to Montana is because we had some really good friends from San Diego uh, that my husband had trained with at UCSD and they moved back to Montana because they were from the high line from Northeastern Montana and wanted to come back home. So, uh, before we even moved here, we had been here 30 times. So we would come visit, always go through Billings, meet up with our friends and then go off to the Bighorn to go fly fishing or go cross country skiing in big sky. So they were the incentives, uh, because, and, the man, Mitch, became a partner of Joe's. So Joe joined his group here in Billings, Montana. So that's kind of how that all evolved. But well, we, we came here for years um, during usually about November to go fly fishing on the Bighorn River, which is one of these blue ribbon rivers to fly fish. And of course, Joe taught me how to fly fish because I used to fish 
uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area, we would just go out to the Berkeley Pier and I'd need to have a drop line. And, you know, again, my dad could only afford one fishing pole. So we had one fishing pole and I had a drop line. So we were catching fish to eat. And yes. here it's become a little bit more of a sport. Um, yes. But I have loved fly fishing because it just gets us out uh, to really beautiful places. Well, Stella, I can imagine coming from Southern California on days that it's two and a half hours to get to the pharmacy in a car um, because the traffic's so bad. That when you, and you know, I remember, Stella, this is how, and I'm sure you do, 25 years ago, you could drive to San Diego in an hour and a half from LA. I mean, and we taught in all those cute little schools that were there and it was lovely. And the longer it went on, Cindy and I started teaching in a couple of the new schools in San Diego. It would take us three hours from West LA to get to San Diego. So when you are in that kind of traffic, I can't imagine that when you flew to Montana and then you were fly fishing on a river, you didn't think I'm gonna make a change in my life. Because my God, well, talk, you know, talk about beautiful. And it was really funny because one of the first things someone said to us when we were, um, I think we were in uh, Big Timber at a bookstore and someone says, okay, now don't be surprised if you get in the car and drive two hours for dinner. Now, but you can actually get there in two hours. It's not yeah. two hours, you know, that. And it's barely any traffic. So it's one of those that, you know, the open road is here and you've been here. You know, it's beautiful. The, the traffic jams, even though, you know, in Billings and sometimes in the bigger cities uh, during rush hour, we may be slowed down for a few blocks, whereas it goes on for miles in Southern California. Stella, don't talk about traffic in Billings, Montana, because you're not going to win that game, okay? Now, I have to tell you, the best part, that's the, exactly me moving now to Ventura. Stella, my husband and I say things like, oh, I got to my doctor's appointment 20 minutes early. I mean, we don't know what, we don't know what it's like to be on time. Do you know what I mean? Or, and no one can use the expression, there was traffic in Ventura, because there is no traffic here in Ventura, you know. If it is, it's for the five minutes in the morning. So I know exactly what you think. Now, I went to your website, which you said, oh, Denise, it hasn't been updated. But I have to tell you, you sent me links to several of the articles, and Cindy will, I will send that on to Cindy. When we broadcast this, Stella, we will put all those links in it. And um, so the people can read some of your articles about the food that's there in case people are looking for a wonderful place to, and I wrote it down and it's called the last, the last yes, plate. bite plate. Yes. Love it. And I read them all, but also I want to tell you one thing. I read on your blog about pancakes, about how you love pancakes. Love <laughs> pancakes. The most charming story and the reason why is, again, when I was, to go to the grocery store when you were a kid, because you talked about the box of pancake mix and the, whether it was Aunt Jemima, that was such a treat. Was. See, this is what, it was such a treat. And I remember it well too. And the other day, someone wonderful, oh, you know her, she was a writer for years in San Francisco. Her name will come to me in the middle of the night. But she said, Denise, your pancakes always look so good. What do you use? And I said, Krusty's, the box of Krusty mix or Bisquick. And she said, you don't make your own? And I said, make my own? This was like, 
this is the gold this is the gold standard of pancakes to be able to buy the pancake mix well it's like duncan hines and the cake mix i believe that we cannot duplicate that as home cooks no you know you just have the box of mix and you add the eggs and the oil and voila you've got this really light delicate cake same thing and your taste buds want that Though I do have an oatmeal kind of base pancake in my cookbook, and I really do love it because it's fluffy and it has body to it. Um, so it is something that, you know, I, I am proud of, and I'll make a whole bunch of those, stuff them in the freezer, and then just kind of pop them in the microwave. So it's one way to do it. But pancakes represent Sundays, and they represent just kind of that comfort, being with family, uh, that kind of thing. So absolutely absolutely which i think is all we're ever looking for in food to be honest i think i mean i'm looking for adventure or something new but you know what i'm really looking for comfort i'm looking for memories and comfort and memories and comfort (laughs) that's about it now tell us what else you're going to be up to or where can people tell us where they can buy your book well, you can buy my book, go to stellafong.com, and it is available there. Of course, you know, we have the usual avenues, amazon.com. You can go there and get the book. Uh, and those are the two, and they're local bookstores mainly Perfect. that are here. Perfect. And I actually believe Walmart and Target have them, but just locally. Getcha. And I know that you've written two other books. Yes, I've written... This whole adventure started with historic restaurants of Billings. And then a follow-up was Billings Food. But, you know, writing historic restaurants of Billings really made me become more enamored with the city that I uh, have moved to. It was one of those that it actually made me step back in time and realize that there was a food culture. You know, when the railroads actually came in here in the 1800s, People moved here, mostly from the East Coast, because that line was coming from the East Coast, that they would bring things here, like oysters. You know, oysters were on the menu. And there were just things that would come up uh, on that menu that would just remind me that there were people who relocated here and who made this town. You know, the Northern Hotel, which is still kind of a state, you know, a, a iconic place downtown still kind of anchors downtown you know there's a lot of history there and a lot of events had taken there and you know events and celebrations still take place downtown but you know our downtown actually is is become really kind of cool too because the history kind of edges in there but there's a lot of new things going on down there and you know you mentioned the uh the column last best plates this column was actually started by the photographer of my book, Lynn Donaldson, who took all the pictures in the book. And she wanted a kind of a blog, uh, which she has not continued. And we've been trying to like trying to continue putting together where we had an opportunity to feature a lot of the fun cafes and gathering places and eateries all over Montana. And slowly but surely, I think that those are kind of being discovered or being talked about you know even though the people live in the communities this is where they go to every day it's Stella you are a it is so refreshing it's just refreshing it's just refreshing that you've created so many new opportunities for yourself 
It's really, I mean, it's, it, it's nothing short of impressive. I think it's wonderful. Well, thank you for saying that. But I, you know, we, we, we have to, sometimes I think we just have to see, you know, we have to be in the moment and see what's around us because I think sometimes the things around us don't shine because they're just trying to do what they need to do. But if you really, really look, there are shiny pieces all over us, uh, around us, and they all have positive assets and they have positive contributions. And I think one of the things, again, I feel blessed is I feel like I've been able to kind of see these shiny objects that, you know, uh, and bring them to the light, if anything, you know, um, one of my last stories that will show up for last best plates is about a cafe in Denton, Montana. This is wheat country. And it's called the shade tree cafe. Well, it brought home to me because the photographer Lynn Donaldson grew up there. The friend who invited me up there, her great grandparents homestead it there. And to go up there and then realize that, you know, there's a corner that actually there's a sign that says, oh, farts corner. So ah. the people who've been gathering there for years to have coffee is really a great, you know, a great kind of homage to community, to where people go to that food gathers people, even though, you know, during this period of time, they're socially distancing and trying to be safe. But there are some really incredible places. And most people, when I say, oh, I'm going to go here, and they'll like, oh, well, the food's not so good. Well, I, I think that there is good food if you just kind of allow it to happen. That's right. Yeah. It's just, you know what? You just said it. You said it, Sally. And also, isn't that the story of life? I mean, I love that. I love what your attitude is because people will say, if you say, oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, there's a million blogs out there. You might as well not have a blog. Nobody's going to read your blog. Everybody's got a blog. Or I want to, you know, I have a podcast. Oh, everybody's got a podcast. Nobody wants a podcast. You don't, no one's going to listen to your podcast. People are so quick. Do you know what I mean? To be negative and instead of just thinking, well, maybe I'll just enjoy this. Maybe I'll enjoy the journey like you enjoyed the journey to Denton. <laughs> yes. You're, or anywhere. You know, you just have to enjoy the journey. And then I think sometimes people then finally discover that, hey, all right, Denise, you and I are having a good journey. That's right. So maybe they might want to just come along for the ride. You know that. All right, madam. Now, listen, you have to come back next year and be a guest again so we can catch up with you. I need to thank you so much for your time today. And I only called Stella a few days ago because, you know what? I have to tell you something. The manager of the office now it used to be Cindy, so I could blame Cindy for everything. But now, since I'm the manager of the office, I found out that the manager is kind of a lazy whore who drinks too much wine. Stella, I can do so little in a day I frighten myself. Now, if you want to talk to me, if you want to talk to Stella, you need to go to our Facebook group, Women Beyond a Certain Age. You need to go to our website, womenbeyondacertainage.com. You can reach us, you can reach out to Stella. And Stella, thank you so, oh, I think there's an email site, but of course I didn't write it down, so I can't remember it. It's womenbeyond at icloud.com. Oh, look, Cindy's giving, instead of the finger, sometimes Stella, Cindy gives me the finger. I don't think that's right, is it? But today she's giving me the thumbs So thank you, everyone who listens. Thanks for contacting. And mostly, Stella, thank you. No, thank you. It was an honor. 
It is a pleasure to Dr. Great to see you. I know, isn't this? Zoom is the next best thing. That's what I say. It's the next best thing.